quite a quite a circuit of drive this weekend from Toronto to Oakville to Brantford to Oakville to Guelph to Toronto. It was the perfect way for me to spend the weekend between mammograms, praying, focusing on God and worship at a retreat center. I maybe thought once a day about my health and prayed and for the rest of the weekend I forgot about it, which was perfect. Worship was amazing. Some very anointed women were leading us in song and basically from the first chord to the last refrain I was in tears every time. It was so powerful. People have been praying over that conference for months and and the spirit was heavy, heavy on us in a really wonderful way. So I just sat, prayed, I could barely sing, could barely talk, but I was so in the presence of God, it was wonderful, singing, God loves us, God has a plan for us, God didn't withhold anything for us, God died for us, God lives for us, we can live for God, that's the highest priority for every day of the rest of my life. I want to live for God. I have not been brave in trusting God with my future and my ministry. I've been afraid of taking leaps of faith that would make me trust in God and His provision and gifts for piecework rather than a paycheck. Now I'm grateful that I get to earn my paycheck helping a ministry that is taking care of the most vulnerable children around the world. I couldn't ask for a better job in IT and admin, but my heart is not in IT and admin. It's in peace building around the world. I want to do some type of communications for peace interventions that bring healing, reconciliation, understanding, empathy, advocacy, new laws, protection for people who are suffering conflict. But I'm having an inner conflict about whether I should be working on people's inner peace and relationship with God, that whether they live or die, they live with Jesus and die in Jesus' presence and have eternal life in heaven. So, which was my first calling. My first calling was to be a missionary in Africa to share the gospel. So, I've been wondering if maybe doors have been closed for the peace ministry because my calling hasn't changed. It's to be a messenger of heavenly peace, wherever my new calling should be. But now I feel more of a 
global call. I'm not sure where it is, and I don't think the geography matters as much as the impact. And I'm really wondering and seeking whether I should be working on spiritual peace, maybe in conjunction with international peace and community-based peace, but not to neglect, in fact, to prioritize spiritual peace. So this weekend was wonderful, really wonderful, just to be in the presence of women who love God. Those women are doing amazing things, not just the speakers, but the speakers, the participants, everybody is doing amazing things. They're the kind of people who just follow God with their full hearts, no matter what it costs them, and trusting that God will provide every need. It really was humbling. Women who, well, one of them, who at 40, quit her job and felt led to work for a ministry that is empowering and funding and training Christians in Asia to become missionaries to their own people. Their church in the last 40 years has grown from one mother praying that one of her sons would become a minister to a global ministry that has converted or strengthened 3.5 million Christians in Christian countries in Asia. Wow, that mother's son who became a Christian has such a powerful call of God in his life that he immediately followed God with an international team and said, here I am, take me into the remote areas of India. I want to share my faith. He stood up boldly in marketplaces and on corners preaching the gospel getting beaten, reviled, hated, abused, ridiculed, and, and prevented from preaching the gospel. He was hungry sometimes, penniless, just the shirt on his back, trusting God for his daily bread, and with very, very little fruit and a lot of abuse for a long time. And he had a breakthrough. He had a breakthrough where others felt the call of that ministry and partnered with him. Some funders from North America met him and believed in his ministry and somehow it is now mushroomed into this amazing local ministry that has touched three and a half million people for Christ. So I met a woman who nine years ago decided that, no, I think it was, no, I think it was 16 years ago, quit her job and said, I'm supposed to work for this ministry. And she trusts God for her own daily bread to send the missionaries their daily bread. I'm so impressed by her faith. I want to have that much faith. That's very hard for me. It's very scary for me to trust in God's provision instead of a paycheck. So I would love that much courage.
main speaker was Kimberly Smith. Somehow, I don't know how, God called her to work in the studio. And she now has three local orphanages that are caring for over a thousand children. Children from the Sudan and in Darfur who are orphans or in childhood families and the women who have been abused, some of them freed sex slaves who have nothing, nothing fled war and conflict and people burning down their villages, sometimes killing their husbands or conscripting their sons, fled and found safety with her. I'm so impressed with the lengths she will go to, to enter into the suffering of those people and relieve it as she is enabled. She preached on suffering, that God said to the first disciples, some of you will not taste death until you see the kingdom of God coming with power. And that power, she said, is to come through us. And if we're not seeing the kingdom of God coming with power, then perhaps Maybe we haven't stepped out into the ministry God is calling us in with his power to bring his kingdom on earth. And I'm so impressed and and humbled by the lengths that she will go and the courage that she has to follow her heart to work in the Sudan. Do you know that listening to teams of Operation Mobilization who had taken a generator, a portable screen, and a projector to show the Jesus film to lost tribes of Sudan who have never heard the gospel before, is why I wanted to work in Africa when I was 18 years old. And she's now ministering to the people of Sudan, suffering just atrocities, civil war, the birth of their country, the hope for peace, the loss of that hope. I want to be like Kimberly when I grow up. I want to have that much courage and faith and change lives with that much impact. And life is suffering. It really is. We suffer in the West with relationships. That's our main suffering. That we are sometimes broken children who feel wounded from our childhood, maybe unloved, unworthy, unlovable, and then we parent children who are feeling isolated and judged. We are deceived by materialism. Really, our temptations are the prestige of our job, getting our values from our jobs and our titles, our homes and our lawns, materialism and entertainment, and entertainment can numb us to the suffering in the world. 
we're dismayed and overwhelmed by the news of the never-ending war in Syria and ISIS and Iraq and the Middle East and we feel powerless and that we can't do anything guilty that we are so rich and protected but most of the time we anesthetize ourselves with entertainment and shopping and the latest movies and the perfect homes and gardens and we anesthetize ourselves from the suffering instead of letting our hearts truly be broken by what we're seeing on the news or hearing in our missions prayer letters or the scary things that God is calling us to do, but we are too scared to do. So she encouraged us to accept that cup. We don't want to. And we say, Father, if it's your will, please take it from me. But if he hands us that cup, and to some extent, the cup of sharing our material wealth and hospitality to refugees here or there, or praying, working, intervening here is our cup of suffering. Some of it's vicarious, some of it's direct, but we have to accept our cup of suffering, however small it is, and in whatever form it is, and intervene and stand for those who are suffering, the, the greater persecutions and, and conflicts in the world. And when we look without turning away at the suffering of the widowed and displaced and children whose homes were robbed, and we look and we cry and we weep for them until we're moved to tears and moved to action for giving. We transform that suffering to compassion then action, then we can make a difference. However small or great our difference is, we can make a difference. And if God calls us, God will go with us. God will provide. I have to stop being scared. But I want a really clear calling to what should be next. I think it's sharing the stories that I've already captured and haven't yet posted. I think it'll be through experimenting with a show and maybe a dance at church. And if God is willing and the cup is taken from me, not my own cancer book. And then maybe if I can minister to my neighbors the gospel, I can kind of step out into that and see if that might be my true peace calling. And it was a wonderful time. And my sisters, we had such a wonderful time of being together, having fun and laughing and horseback riding and painting and praying together. It really was wonderful for us to be together as a family.